0: I don't know what's happened over the last week, for some reason or other I haven't done one of these chats for above a week now, totally missed out last weekend, I don't know how it happened, I inadvertently did it, each time I thought I'd go and sort out a little conversation, something cropped up and something altered, I've got a similar thing next week, Only two days ago, I was saying, well, we've got a fairly free week next week. All of a sudden, I've got a club committee meeting on Monday night. I'm at the boat on Tuesday, having training on using the lift for getting wheelchair users on and off the boat and down into the cabin. Wednesday and Thursday, I've got my normal quizzes. So that only leaves me with Friday free next week. Only two days ago I was saying I'd get home with some work in the house. We'd got a, a free week. That seems to be how it happens with me. I've got interests in several different places and every so often they, different things crop up and they coincide. But planning's afoot for Christmas really with the boat. We're doing a bit of lock safety training sometime in the next couple of weeks. I've done one of those courses before though so perhaps just a bit of a refresher wouldn't hurt. Then on the 20th we decorate the boat as I say next week we've got training on the lift how to operate the lift I've done it before but I need a bit of a refresher on it I know we take the take the little set of steps out and reposition everything to pick the lift up off the floor how to do it manually if the hydraulic system fails and all that sort of thing it's not a big job it's just a matter of knowing in what sequence to do the different jobs and how to position the wheelchair on the actual platform so that it's safe to go up and down without causing any problems I have actually used it either once or twice, once I think, to actually get a passenger on board and get them off again. So I have seen it done properly, not just as a training exercise. And as I say we decorate the boat on the 20th and then on the 26th we start the cruises. I was working it out the other day, I'm doing four days worth of cruises. So that's 32 trips I should be doing with Santa on board. I think I'll get used to the route by the end of all of that. If we have 32 full boats though, that's... Oh dear. My maths is failing but it's, it's 12 people to a trip And 32 trips. So that's 384 passengers. We're going to be tired by the time we've finished, I know that. But this is why we volunteer to see the joy on the kids' faces as they come on board and meet Santa go back on shore with a present under their arm, hopefully a smile, and parents having enjoyed their mince pie and non-alcoholic glue vine. We can't do alcoholic mulled wine, we haven't got a licence, but we do provide a hot drink. It's not a big trip, each trip's only about 40 minutes but it keeps us busy, a bit more hard work for the people working the lots because we go out of the lock and back in, drop down, go so far along the canal with Santa on board then we turn around, come back and we're into the lock and come up and that's the round trip. So every trip we do, we go through the lock twice. So it's a bit more hard work for the people on the lock. But we try and get enough crew in so that at least two people can sit out each trip and have a break. It doesn't always work like that. We don't always get the full crew on. I think I said before at the tapton lock festival i arrived i wasn't on the crew that day but i got there and there were only two people on the boat two crew that is and the boat was doing continuous trips so i said i'd help out till somebody else turned up but nobody else turned up so i was there all day after i got there don't regret it it's what volunteering's all about you're prepared to put yourself out and do things for the enjoyment of others so I'm not complaining I think one of the next things we've got to try and do is a bit of decorating in the house the bathroom needs a tidy up and a freshen up and the hallway needs a bit of work doing to it Especially now we've got Monty where he turns to go out the door, he rubs against the corner of the the wall as he turns. Neither of them are big rooms, won't take that long just to put some fresh paper up and a bit of fresh paint. No major job there. I just freshen it all up, get it all ready for Christmas. My daughter got in touch with me the other day, said, I don't know, got any photographs of my dad boxing. Well, he wasn't a prolific boxer, he fought a little bit, purely amateur. And he sparred with one or two local professional boxers. I think one of them's name was Bill Wainwright. He was a bit of a local area champion. He's told many a tale about different things that's happened. Uh, One I always remember that always made me laugh was uh, they were at the Burton Statutes Fair. I know I've been told off of that before. To people around the area, it was Burton Statutes. I've been told it's the Statutes Fair by several people. And I said, well, you go to to the Burton area and say that. It's the same as... uh, Burton Albion's ground they call it the Pirelli Stadium now but for many many years when it was just the factory in Burton it was known as the Pirelli factory always called Pirelli when I was talking to somebody the other day I was saying "Oh, it's uh, the the Pirelli Stadium at Burton I forget what we were saying but I was talking about it and I said it's the Pirelli Stadium he just grunted, he says, I can tell you're from Burton then. Well, not quite, but very close, just on the outskirts. But it's what everybody around me said, that's how they called things in those days. Part of the local dialect, I suppose. But it was she, she was asking about... This boxing, and I recall this event as my dad and this boxer were walking round the statutes Fair one night. It was in the days when they used to have a boxing booth. They'd challenge you to go three rounds with this brute of a boxer, and if you managed to last the three rounds, you got a prize. Well, the guy was doing his bit, and the usual fairground barkers, as they called them, who will take this fella on, he'll do this. I'll give you so much money if you can do this. So my dad's mate stood there a bit and he couldn't resist it. I mean, he was a professional boxer, but in those days, there wasn't the television coverage, there wasn't the press coverage for local fighters or even championship fighters. It didn't get the coverage. Probably some lines in the newspaper, but no photographs. So nobody readily recognised who this guy was. So he says yeah, I'll let you go at him. I'll let you go. So they got into the ring to start the fight and the bell sounded and this the bloke was still shouting there if he can last three rounds he'll get this prize. <laughs> <laughs> My Nad's mate knocked this fella out. And <laughs> the guy running the booth walked over to me dad and says, he could be useful, that lad, you know. He could be a useful boxer. You want to see if you can get him on the on the rounds? But yeah. Little did they all know, he already was. But it always made me smile that this professional boxer got in there and laid out this so-called brawler as it take anybody on. Told many a tale, did my dad. Different things he did. I suppose it's a bit like me now, reminiscing about things. Every so often something would click in his brain and he'd start telling me about different things that had happened. Yeah, my dad did a bit of boxing, but no, I've not got any photos of him. I think one of the reasons being that my dad, famously Joe Louis was the same as my dad in that respect in that Joe Louis, the World Heavyweight Champion during the wartime era was actually Joseph Lewis Barrow but he didn't want his mother to know that he was fighting, he was boxing. She didn't like the idea of him fighting so he went under the name of Joe Lewis, he dropped his surname. Well, my dad did very, very similar. My mother didn't know, my granny didn't know that he was boxing. He used to tell her his bruised knuckles, or if he damaged his hand in any way, was something he'd done on the farm or something he'd done at work. She never, I presume, she caught on in the end. I don't know the full story but that was the reason there was never any photos or anything because nobody was supposed to know what he was doing strange nowadays if you can go boxing and earn a bit of money you're a hero in those days it was A way of earning a living for people who couldn't get on in any other way. That's why my dad only did it as an amateur. He didn't need boxing. He just enjoyed the sport. A great fan of boxing was my dad. Before I came out to do this, I was reading up about the Christmas markets see when the local ones would be on. For a few years we used to go to the one at Lincoln. The local area for the caravan club used to have a temporary campsite with a shuttle bus running from the campsite into Lincoln and back several times during the day. It was ideal, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Being able to get on the bus and chug into town, have a wander around, do what we wanted, buy what we wanted, then jump back on the bus and nip back into the caravan. We were there, I think it was three days, I think we were there on each occasion. And we thoroughly enjoyed it it was a bit cold one year and it was a bit windy one year but we enjoyed the experience and it wasn't over to do it but for some reason or other the caravan club stopped doing the the rally site so we looked around for other things we went on the train to Birmingham one year that is a really good big market. It's run by Frankfurt Markets who run most of the German ones. And it was a really brilliant day out. We'd actually gone to do something else but I didn't realise that the market was on. I hadn't looked into it. We'd gone to Birmingham to do something else but we saw the market and that was it. We were we were there all day then. We didn't get to Gas Street Basin and Brindley Square and all those sort of places. That's what we wanted to do. That's what we set out to do. But once we saw the Christmas market, that was it. We still used some of the things that we bought from there, some of the trinkets for Christmas celebrations and whatnot. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Before the lockdown, we went to the Nottingham one. It's the nearest one to us, by far the easiest to get to. and Not such a big market, but enjoyable. A bit more set out for entertaining. There's a bit of a ice skating rink and a bit of a funfair type of thing. The big wheels there. But there's also big buildings where you can go in and have a drink. Proper alpine lodges that have been set up special. You can go in and sit down and have a drink and have a rest from walking around. Or a break from the cold weather if it's a nasty day. So I think all in all we'll weigh up whether we want to go to Birmingham or or Nottingham. It's not too bad actually going to Birmingham, get on a train at Belper through to Derby, change for the train to Birmingham and away we go. Not a problem at all. Enjoyable, really was. The only problem is we've got some railway strikes at the moment. Some of the drivers, some of the staff are going on strike on odd days on and off this period. So it's a bit risky to say, right, we'll go to Birmingham and then find that there isn't a train. (laughs) That happened to me once. We'd gone to an evening match at Villa Park. Caught the train in Lichfield. Out to Villa Park. Saw the game. Walked back to the station with my mates. Trains had gone on strike. They couldn't tell us when the next train would be. Right. We'll start not knowing... The services around there we thought well we'll start walking down the main road back towards home back towards Lichfield then if perhaps a bus appears we can jump on the bus so we set off trundling down the road Didn't see a bus either. We kept going and kept going. In the end, we got to one of the outline stations on the outskirts of Birmingham. And we thought, oh, we'll nip in here and see if there's any news of any trains. Yeah, he says, should be one down in about three quarters of an hour. It'll be the only one, but it's going your way. All oh, right. oh great, great, we'll, we'll get on that then. So we went and we went into the waiting room. Well it was freezing in there, I mean it was a night match, so we're talking probably 11 o'clock, half past 11 at night. So I thought, well it's what we're going to do now. It was bitter cold, well there was all wood and bits and pieces in the fireplace so we lit it next thing we know we're getting a rollicking off the porter and kicked off the station well we're only trying to keep warm for god's sake we weren't doing any harm anyway we knew where the next station was looked at the watch we can get there in that time so we set off walking again to be honest to cut a long story short we we got to the next station and we we got that train and we got home which is perhaps as well because we weren't halfway home by that stage we'd been walking reasonably well and we covered a bit of ground but we still got a long way to go to get back to Lichfield. So I don't want to trust that uh, the trains will run according to time and according to everything else. I know the times we have been to Birmingham and been to the Christmas market, the train coming back in the evening has been absolutely packed. There was barely standing room only, never mind standing room only. But it didn't spoil a good day. It's not a long journey from Birmingham back to Derby, what is it, 35, 45 minutes, something like that, not a long journey. That leaves us with the Nottingham one, so uh, probably we'll go to Nottingham again, apparently it's a bit bigger this year, it covers a couple of the town squares, it's on the Old Market Square and Trinity Square this time. Well, I don't think it's been on Trinity Square previous times, so we'll see what what they've done. See how good it is. There's not so many stalls there. It's more kitted out for entertainment rather than the actual market. There's plenty of foodstuffs, but not the Christmas market that sells the little smoking houses or the wooden toys or the nutcrackers and that sort of thing. There again we were spoilt with that because the first Christmas market we ever went to was in Cologne in Germany. We went on, a, went on a trip, got us a hotel on the outskirts of Cologne and we worked out how to get tickets and get on the tram system I suppose you'd call it to get into the middle of town. And I think there's seven markets in Cologne all in different little squares. One's on a boat on the Rhine and others are scattered around different market squares. And they are very, very good. I was really impressed with the Cologne Christmas market. I thoroughly recommend it. The hotel we stayed on had got magnificent breakfasts. And getting food out for evening meals was no problem at all. It was really, really good trip. There was a, a courier with us who was looking after us. Any little coach trips we went on. One that sticks it out was we went from Cologne, we drove along the side of the Rhine in this coach all the way down to Rudersheim where there was another excellent Christmas market in this little, I suppose it was sort of a a harbour town on the side of the, the Rhine. You could walk along the road alongside the Rhine and there was these huge commercial barges chugging up and down the river and then cut inwards, do they call it the Drosselgasse? the named after a bird, is it The, the thrush that it's named after, this street, and all the associated bits and pieces that go with the Christmas festivities. We went into one place for something to eat, there was two huge nutcracker dolls one each side of the doorway and I had I think it was called a Jäger schnitzel and a glass of lager and it was a meal and a half it was delightful but Rudisheim was a smashing little place thoroughly enjoyed ourselves there as well I know we went into Cologne, we walked along the side of the Rhine and up to one of the markets and the street was like a pedestrianised area and every building was a cafe with tables and chairs outside with blankets to put over your knees to keep you warm if you wet outside I never saw anybody sitting at any of these tables but they were there and they had got these sort of space heater things as you see on outside tables now with a a pole and this heater stuck on the top of it. Well worth the trip, well worth the trip. We came back with one or two little trinkets from there a little carousel that works off four little candles that go in the corners and the heat from the candles makes it spin round with a nativity scene in the middle. Stupid little trinkets really but lovely souvenirs of the time well spent over there. But it impressed me because of my interest in boats the fact that we were so close to the river and so close to the Rhine and all the boats going up and down and one of the markets being on a boat it was a really lovely time whether I'll ever get back there I don't know I'd like to but age is pressing on and money wasn't as readily available as it used to be But we will try. We will think about it. It certainly was a lovely thing. But there again, one of my thoughts is that you don't try and repeat something because it might just let you down. I know I always used to go to Great Yarmouth for holidays. Probably been there more than anywhere else when I was young because my dad liked it. We alternated a bit between Skegness and Blackpool and Great Yarmouth but mainly for about six years on and off we'd been to Yarmouth and as my kids came along and were growing up I went back there two or three times Well, I went with Elaine, probably three years ago, four years ago. wanted to show Elaine round and show her what I'd loved as a kid and what I'd loved when my two were kids. But so much had changed. Different things had been knocked down and new things put in their place. And in contrast, the Venetian waterways was very neglected and tumbled down. One of the bridges was closed off because it was unsafe. The boats didn't go round the full trip because the, the bank and some of the bits and pieces and the bridge were deteriorating. Really, really disappointed. I've got my memories of it, but the recent trip disappointed me. I have read somewhere that the Venetian waterways have been completely rebuilt and remodelled and renovated back to the, the glory that they used to be, so that's one good thing, that's that's something that's cheered me up. But so much of the, the other bits and pieces, the waxworks had closed for instance, It was always a a must visit on a a wet day. Let's go to the waxworks up Regent's Road. Several pieces were still there. Bits that I used to enjoy but so much had altered so drastically it wasn't the same place that I used to enjoy. The Wellington Pier had gone for instance. Used to spend... Plenty of time there, enjoying myself. The Wellington Pier and the Winter Gardens at the just off of the pier on the on the promenade. I suppose it's progress. Times change. Buildings become disused or unprofitable. But it does. Put a dent in your memories and your thoughts of the happy times you've spent there. Anyway, I'm not going to get glum. It was just a thought that was going through my mind. I've said many a time, I don't script these things. I just stand and rabbit on with whatever goes through my brain. I've tried to put some notes down and put some thoughts together, but it... It doesn't gel as I go along. This doesn't gel as I go along, but at least it's random and not trying to keep a thought going and I've lost the plot. I'll lose the plot anyway. Ta-ra for now.